If you got your Bible this morning, I got to get going. So open up uh, your Bible to uh, the book of First uh, Peter is where I'm going to have you turn. But I'm going to go through three scriptures uh, really quick. Uh, and, the, and in your worship, God, I've, give, I've got you some blanks there for you to write down these three things. We're in a series that we're talking about faith. We're dealing with the subject of faith. And uh, lots of people say, well, I have faith. I have faith. Are you a person of faith? And they put faith in a box and faith is a noun. But we've been looking at the fact faith, faith is a verb. Faith is something that you do. It affects your life. It's a movement. It is a machine. It's an engine. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is a substance. It's matter. It's, it's something to God. And the Bible says that God goes out throughout the whole earth looking for faith. Faith is it's like a radar. And if you've ever seen uh, The Hunt for Red October. I mean, I remember that show. Yes, thank you, Keith. The Hunt for Red October. You know, if you, you, have, you, have, you have the radar. You have sonar, right? And then you'll hear beep, beep. And something's there, right? That's faith. And that's what God is looking for. He's looking to show himself strong on behalf of believers. So faith, it is a substance. And it's something that you can grow in. The Bible says that God has given to every person a measure of faith. In other words, each one of you has a seed or a measure of faith. And he said that just the size of a mustard seed is really powerful, can do some really significant things. And each one of you have that seed. And the reason that this faith is important is, number one, it pleases God. So in your worship guide, first thing there is it says faith is what pleases God. Hebrews uh, uh, chapter 11 says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's what, he's fake, that's what he's looking for. That's what pleases him. He's looking for people that are full of faith, not full of fear. He's looking for people that are full of faith, not full of doubt. He's looking for people that, that, are, look, that, are, that are full of possibility. With God, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. I have access by the blood of Jesus. I walk right into God's presence. God's looking for faith and that pleases him. That's what pleases him. Because anybody who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. The second thing that faith does for us is that's how we overcome. So the next verse I'll give you, they'll put it up there. This is how we overcome 1 John chapter 5 verse number 4. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. What a great verse. That's another one. You get that on, put that on a t-shirt or something. I'm born of God and I overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our what? Everybody say faith. So your faith is how we overcome. That's how you overcome. That's the difference between being an overcomer or being under circumstances or situation. I'm under the weather. I'm under attack. Or I'm under what well, God's called you to be an overcomer. And the way that you overcome is with your faith. Last week I spent all Sunday just talking about Jesus is Lord. In other words, Jesus is Lord is not just three words that you use to get saved. Jesus is Lord is something that you use in every situation of life. I don't know how. I'm going to get through this. I'm at the bottom of the barrel, but Jesus is Lord. 
I don't know how we're going to work through this adultery thing, infidelity thing. But you know what? Jesus is Lord over my marriage. He knows what's going on. I don't know how we're going to get through this $4 gas a gallon. How many are glad we got through it? So, but, but Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. That's faith. And that's how you overcome. That's how you overcome. The third thing that faith is, is they're going to put it up there for you, is faith is how we access the grace of God. How many of y'all like grace? How many of y'all know that, that everybody, everybody likes grace? Amazing grace. Y'all get that CD in the back when you leave. We all like that amazing grace, right? We all like amazing grace. But how many of y'all know grace has to be accessed? And the way you access it is by faith. In other words, you're not going to buy it at the supermarket. That would be really nice. Uh, Y'all have, have a gallon of grace that I could get? Uh, you don't buy it. You access it. The way you access it is by, watch, I'll show you. Put it up there. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, it says, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. Through whom we have gained access by faith into what? Into this grace. Everybody wants grace, but grace is, it, you're not, it's not something you purchase. It's something that you access by faith. God, I'm walking in your grace today. God, I'm walking in your favor today. God, I'm walking in your blessing today. God, I'm walking with your wisdom today. God, I'm walking with your understanding today. God, I, I know things that I otherwise wouldn't know because of the grace of God is on my life. But you have to access that grace, right? You have to access it, and the way that you do it is by faith. Some of y'all think faith's pretty important. It's how you overcome. It's how you access the grace of God, and it's how you please God. Pretty important subject is, the, is, is faith, right? So we're talking about faith, and uh, I, I want to show you uh, that I'm going to show you a verse that I ask you to turn to in 2 Peter that says that we need to add some things to our faith. In other words, we see that faith is really important, but sometimes we aren't doing anything with our faith, or we're not receiving anything from our faith. Our prayers aren't being answered. Have you ever had prayers that didn't get answered? And you say, I have faith. Well, I'm going to show you that there's certain additives that you need to put into your faith. Now, if you're a car guy, hand me my Lucas, babe. I, I put this stuff in my car. See, I'm almost out. How many have ever used this before? Ladies, none of you ladies use this? What's wrong with y'all? This would be great in your hair. <laughs> y'all put stranger things. I've seen ladies putting mayonnaise in their hair. Horse shampoo, all types of stuff. You should try Lucas upper cylinder lubricant because it may work wonders for you. Now, this stuff here, I add this to, to, to my machines. And the reason that I added to is because it causes, it helps me have better fuel economy. I'll get more out of the engine. It keeps me from having loss of power. It keeps my, burnt, my pistons from uh, being overheated. And it keeps me, number four, it says premature failures so that my engine doesn't end premature. So the idea is for you to dump this additive in the engine. And it's supposed to do these things that really help that engine run better. Well, according to this verse here, the Bible says there's certain things in the engine of faith that you need to add to that faith so that it will run cleaner have more power, won't wear out, 
right? It won't overheat. I mean, I ever overheated before. Don't lie. There's certain things that you add to it, add to your faith that will help you. Now, the other thing I brought is my protein powder because this is the same thing. This is just for this specimen up here. <laughs> this fine engine that, that's right here. Hey, hey, yes. <laughs> oh, you're awesome. Uh, now, this stuff here is it does some good stuff. It does some bone health, some digestive health. Gives you some energy, metabolism, and some immune support. It's got 22 vitamins and minerals. And uh, I need to be taking this stuff because apparently it's really good for you. But I'm waiting until after vacation. Have you ever had that conversation with yourself before? After vacation, I'm going to get rid of this thing I'm carrying around my waist. But this is the same thing, right? These are supplements. And one translation of the verse I'm about to read you, it says supplements. It says that you need to add these supplements to your faith. So I'm going to read it. But there's one, one particular substance that we're going to really hone in today. And this is first, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. It says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. And now he's going to list seven things that you need to add to your faith. I gave you seven blanks in your worship guide. You can write these down. First thing that you add to your faith, he says, add virtue. Virtue literally means the moral excellence. So if you're going to write anything, write moral excellence. He says, if you want your faith to run right, to work right, to be pleasing right, to overcome right, if you want that thing, then he says, you need to add moral excellence to your faith. I mean, I know the church needs a revival of moral excellence. Second thing, he says, and to virtue or to moral excellence, add knowledge. Second one, he says, you need to add knowledge. Your faith shouldn't be ignorant. He says, you need to know the promises of God. You need to know what God's offering. And many of y'all remember that verse? There's a verse that says, my people are destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. He didn't say my people are destroyed because of the devil. He didn't say my people are destroyed because of drugs and alcohol. He didn't say that my people are destroyed because of cancer or disease. He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They just don't know. That's why we have grow classes, why we have Bible college. Because to help people, that just don't know. There's nothing wrong with not knowing. There's nothing wrong with being ignorant. It's just we don't want to stay that way, right? We want to get the understanding, add that to our faith, and now there's a platform there. That engine will run. Well, it just runs on a higher octane, just a lot, just a little bit different. So after he says, add virtue, knowledge to knowledge, self-control. I could spend, you know, we could spend a lot of time on each one of these seven. Self-control. You can't control everybody, but control yourself. You remember the verse in 1 Peter that, that, that he tells, he says, husbands, husbands, you need to treat your wife right so that your faith is not hindered, so that your prayers are not hindered. How many of y'all remember that verse? All the wives are like, all the, all the husbands, not so much. But that's a verse in First Peter. It says, First Peter chapter 3, verse 7, he says, Husbands, you need to treat your wife right. If you don't, it's hindering your faith. So, and when it comes to self-control, that, that you need to add that ingredient to your faith. Even if you're not good at it. I mean, I know you're not, you may not be good at this. I'm not good at a lot of stuff. But I'm still, I'm endeavoring to learn how to control myself so that my faith runs right. And now the next one though, this is the one we're going to kind of hone in today. Is to self-control perseverance. To perseverance, add godliness. To godliness, add brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, add love. Love's the hardest of the seven. You think, well, love, that's... 
That's love, love. No, we may spend a whole Sunday on that one. That's the toughest of the seven to add to your faith. Because it's not the love that you think of, like loving chocolate, loving kittens or puppies. It's love being patient and kind and suffering long, having patience with imperfect people. Not being rude or unmannerly, unkind. or un There's a lot to that one, right? That's a difficult one. But the one I really want to look at is, is, is patience. And I want to give you a couple things about patience. Because when it comes to your faith, did y'all get all of them? Y'all didn't get all of them? Brotherly kindness, love, godliness. Which one y'all missing? Y'all got them? Okay, there's two things I want to I give you real quick this morning about perseverance. Because I think a lot of times whenever it comes to our faith, we quit too soon. How many ever quit too soon? How many ever prayed once for something and didn't get it, so you just gave up? Thank you for those hands. We quit too soon. We pray once. We say, hey, well, it didn't work. How many ever thought that? It didn't work, so we quit. But the Bible is real. I'm going to show you. There's a couple passages of scripture. Recently, Mike, I've been, he's been praying with people to be healed, you know, and he'll pray for them. And then it doesn't work the first time. He said, let's pray again. Yeah. Let's pray again. Let's pray again. And I want to show you that sometimes, many times in faith, that you need to have faith that's persistent or that has perseverance. He said here, he says, you need to add some perseverance to your faith. That thing needs an additive. And, 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 and the verse that I want to show you is, these are familiar passages of scripture in 1 Kings chapter 17. And we just read 1 Kings chapter 17 and the offering. And the woman and her son and the prophet are eating biscuits for years. How I many of y'all remember that? Well, if you keep going down five or six verses, the woman's son dies. And she comes to the prophet and she says, listen, you've taken care of my family and we're good financially. I've been selling these biscuits like crazy. We're flush with cash. But now my son is dead. And this is a real problem here. So, but what I want you to see is, is she brings him to the prophet of God. And in verse number, uh, verse number 21, it says, then Elijah stretched himself out on the boy how many times three times you got a dead kid here a dead child and Elisha spreads that boys out and lays on top of that boy nose to nose with that boy and he's trying to breathe life into this boy and the Bible says that he cries out to God cries out to the Lord Lord my God let this boy's life return to him how many of y'all know it didn't work the first time how many of y'all think mama's glad he didn't quit? It didn't work the second time. Something happened the third time. That boy went from cold. He started warming up. Blood started moving again. And after the third time, it says, watch, we'll read it together. After the third time, it says, the Lord heard Elijah's cry. The boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elisha picked up the child, carried him down from the room into the house. And he gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Well, I want you to see you need to add perseverance to your faith. Don't give up. We need to be careful not to give up too soon, not to quit too soon, not to see the scraggly widow person there and think this person can't help me. They don't help me. No, you'd be surprised what God can do with a little, just a little bit if you'll stick with it. The next thing I want to show you is in 1 Kings chapter 18, very similar passage of scripture. This one is with the same guy, Elijah. And it says that Ahab, this is 
1 Kings chapter 18, verse 42, it says, Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elisha climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. He bent down to the ground and he put his face between his knees. And he said, go look toward the sea. And he told his servant and he went up and looked, but there was nothing there. Now to understand what's going on is that it had not rained for three and a half years. There's a drought in the land. But Elijah, he's, gonna, he's praying for rain. He's praying for rain. And he's down. He's down on his face saying, God, send the rain. It hadn't rained in three and a half years. God, send the rain. And he would send the servant to run out and look over the ocean to see if there were any clouds. You got to understand, it's been blue skies for three and a half years. And he sends the servant down there and the servant would run. And then the servant would come back and he'd say, Master, there's still no clouds. There's no rain. So it says, and then there were, he says, go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. Everybody say seven. Seven Seven times he sent that servant. He said, go look again. I still see nothing. There's nothing there. He come back. Go look again. Go look again. Go look again. There's rains coming. God's faithful. God's true. He's going to do it. God's faithful. He's true. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Go again. Go again. Go again. And then after the seventh time, it says, Elisha, after the seventh time, verse 44, it says, the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elisha said, go and tell King Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. And meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose and the heavy rain started falling. And Ahab ran off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came upon Elijah. He tucked his coat up under his belt. And he outran the king's chariots. Obviously, the king's got a bunch of horses. And he's on foot. But the power of God comes on him. And he outruns him. Right? But what I want you to see there is three times the dead boy. But after the third time. He came alive. Seven times, no rain. But after the seventh time, it rained. So we need to add perseverance to our faith. The last verse I want to give you a passage of scripture is what Jesus said. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. We've all remember this verse. Ask, seek, knock. I mean, I remember that. And Jesus said, I'll open that door up to you. I'll open that door up to you. But I want you to see, and I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version, this is Jesus, red letters. Jesus says, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. And he who keeps on seeking finds. And him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. It will be opened. That's a promise of Jesus. But I mean, I know that there's some persistence there that has to take place. There's persistence there. There's something that we have to stick with. Why does God want us to stick with things? I mean, I remember, uh, I remember vividly, Uh, asking my parents or asking my mom, uh, mom, I have a project due for school. How many of y'all remember those days? Got your Walkman, some boys to men, 
Beastie Boys, whatever your time frame is, right? You walk in, you say, Mom, I have a science project due for school. When is it due? Tomorrow. Thank you. All the parents are like, tomorrow. That's exactly right. So you say, tomorrow. And then, and then you say, help. You ask your mom for help. Say, Mom, I need your help. But within about five minutes of sitting there, you're daydreaming. This is me. Looking off up there. And who's doing the work? Mom's doing the work. That's what a good mom though, would not sit there and do the work. What's a good mom do? I know I have a daughter. I have Ansley, my little daughter. She, she's, she's great at this. She comes to me. She says, I don't understand these, project, these, these, these uh, questions right here. Will you help me with these questions? Will you help me with this math? And then I'll start doing a little bit. And then she'll turn around and start watching TV. In other words, Ansley wants the answers. She doesn't want the knowledge. Ansley, Ansley wants the answers, but she doesn't want really the information. But a good parent understands, Ansley, it's, you don't need the answers. You need the knowledge. You need the understanding. So a good parent will say, no, no, no. You're asking me for help, but yeah, I'm not really going to give you the answers. I'm going to give you the understanding because once you have the understanding, doors open. Once you have the knowledge, then doors, they open. Doors to university. Let's just say doors to graduating elementary. That door will open for you. Doors of graduating junior high will open to you. But doors, ultimately, doors open once you have that knowledge, that understanding. But many times when it comes to our faith and praying, we want God to give us the answers. But he's trying to give us the knowledge. We're saying, God, and we ask, we ask, God, help. And then, but we really don't want the, the understanding. We just want the answers. Let's say it like this. There's parasites and there's protégés, right? Parasites want what you have earned. Protégés want what you have learned, right? And lots of times we come to God as a parasite. We're just wanting what he's earned, right? We're wanting his help. But God, did, Jesus didn't come for 33 years on this earth to do a job that he could have done in 30 minutes. He spent 33 years on this planet so that we would not be parasites, but we would be protégés. Because he knows you really don't need the answer. If you have the understanding, then the doors will open to you. But if I just give you all the answers every time you come asking, and, and, and you're going to be looking off here, then that's really not what you need. So the first one is, is ask God for help. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, ask God for help. But the second one, he doesn't stop there. He says, seek my wisdom. The seeking is asking God. How many of y'all know the Bible says that the devil has strategies? He has schemes. He has plots. He has plans. The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the evil one and the evil day and having done all to stand. The Bible says that the, the, the devil's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he's got these plans and strategies and schemes uh, uh, and, and God knows that. And God is wanting us to seek him in situations. 
God, how do I go forward here? We just want the answer, right? God, I ask you for help. That's all I got to do is got to ask you for help. Believe my heart and ask you for help. And you're going to do it. He says, no, no, no. I'm not just giving you the answers. Now I want you to seek whoever asks, whoever seeks. God, how do I go forward with you here? I mean, I know sometimes seeking takes a little bit of time. I lay in bed. I say, God, what do you want me to do here? How do you want me to deal with Stephen? Just kidding, Stephen. <laughs> how do you want me to go forward here, God? What do you want me to do here? What's that? That's seeking. And keep on seeking. And then once I get the understanding, then you knock on the door and it opens. And it's like, ah, now I see. I mean, I know it takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of perseverance. It takes a a little bit of effort. But God knows. God knows if you'll seek, if you'll ask and keep on asking. If you'll seek, keep on seeking. Then you'll get understanding about why things are happening. And he'll give you a strategy then you can pray that strategy. Then you knock with what he gave you. And then that door will open up. And, then, and you get results. I mean, I think God wants us to get results. I mean, he wants us to get results, right? I want my kids to get results, but I don't want to just give them the answers. Because that's really not what they need. Noble Burns, you don't need the answers. You need to know how things work. Because once it works, then things open up to you. Last verse I want to give you. And I'll read this to you. It says, there are times when you pray once and you hand it over to God and you trust him to answer. But there's also the persistent times of faith. When you ask, you keep on asking. You seek, you keep on seeking. You knock and you keep on knocking until you receive the promise. Last verse I'll give you, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. I know this is real practical today. This is not like running around the church real uh, whatever. But this is, this, this is the difference between our faith being strong and not being strong. This is the difference between our prayers getting answered the next five years or our prayers not getting answered. This is the difference, right, between us seeing God do things in our life and us getting really the knowledge and going forward and then things not ever changing. God wants to help us. I really believe that, but he's not just going to give us the answers. He wants us to get the understanding, get the knowledge. Last verse, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, it says, cast not away your confidence. Cast not away your confidence, for there's a great recompense or reward. NIV says, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Don't cast away your confidence just because you prayed once. Pray again. Just because you believed once for that dead thing to come alive. Pray again. Well, I, I pray, but it didn't, it didn't work. Immediately, whenever we pray and we don't get what we're asking for, the devil comes and he brings shame. And he says, oh, this is because you shouldn't have done this. This is why this happened to you. Because five years ago, you had an abortion or you did this. And this is why your prayers aren't getting answered. Or he'll tell you things. It's not something that you shouldn't have done. Uh, uh, it's something that you did do. Oh, well, you did this or you thought this or this is why. Or he'll, he'll just come and bring doubt just bring doubt. Or he'll twist the word of God the way he did with Eve in the Garden of Eden. How I many y'all remember that? He said, God didn't really say that. Well, even though the Bible says that, it doesn't really mean that. And he starts coming trying to manipulate and, and bring shame to you about why things aren't working for you. But all of that's garbage. Don't cast away your confidence. Have perseverance in your prayer time.
whenever you're believing God for something, whether you're fresh out of college and things aren't working out just right or, or, or you feel like you're stuck. He's like, man, I feel like I'm stuck. Listen, don't cast away your confidence. There is a recompense. There is a reward when you do the will of God. And if you've got to pray 14 times, just keep praying. Come on, just keep praying. Just keep believing. God, I'm believing. God, I'm believing. I shared with you a couple weeks ago, Sarah believed for 25 years for that baby. 25 years. Noah built a boat for 100 years waiting on rain, and it had never rained. But I guarantee you he was glad when it started raining. He had built that boat. Glad that he stuck with his faith. He had enough perseverance. I guarantee you, whenever Isaac came out, Sarah, old, 90 years old, holding a newborn baby, she's so glad that she didn't cast off her confidence. No, she had perseverance. She said, I believe God. He'll do it. He'll do it. My faith pleases God. My faith overcomes. And my faith gives me access to the grace of God. I'm going forward. I'm not going backwards. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. God goes before me. He makes high places come up. Low places come down. Goes before me. Makes the crooked things straight. God makes a way in the wilderness. Come on. That faith there, it causes you to overcome. But it don't happen overnight sometimes. It just don't happen. It don't happen. We would love to all win the lotto. We would, we would, but it doesn't happen overnight. It happens with perseverance. You have to add that to your faith. God, I'm not giving up. I will not quit. I will not quit. I will not quit.